What's up, guys? Welcome back to Dedicated to Growth. Today, I am here with Benjamin Montz, and we are going to be talking all about trials in life, growth, getting uncomfortable, overcoming mental blocks, and Ben has just an absolutely amazing story, one that I can absolutely relate to, and I think a lot of you guys will as well, and he has also overcome a lot of adversity in his life that I think is also very relatable. So with fitness and writing and finding himself, I think you guys will really enjoy hearing more about his story and what it's taught him. So I will start random rambling right now, and yeah, let's dive into it. Welcome to the podcast, Ben. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you too. I mean, I read your story and I think that, again, you've been through so many different paths or journeys in your life already, and it's obviously taught you so much about yourself. So I think there's going to be a lot of really great takeaways here. So let's start start off really easy. And you can just tell me about kind of your life growing up, who you were as a kid, and I guess who you wanted to be also. Uh, that's a really good question. So when <laughs> I honestly growing up, um, I kind of related a lot to I saw this like a very early meme where there was an interview with Johnny Depp and his mom asked him when he was growing up, like, who do you want to be when you grow up? And he <laughs> said, I don't know. So I became and it's like I became a pirate. I became this. I became Edward Scissorhands. I became all these different roles. And I really related to that because I spent most of my life, most of my childhood out in my backyard playing pretend uh, up into ages where I definitely shouldn't have been in society's <laughs> mind. I still, you know, I still reserve myself to the fact that, you know, my, my great grandmother used to say, if you want to have an intelligent conversation, talk to yourself. And I am one of those people. Um, I talk to myself. If you ever see me in my car and I'm talking more than likely, I'm not on the phone. <laughs> um, but, you know, like growing up, um, I grew up in kind of an interesting part of San Diego. Um, I grew up in an area called Poway, California, and I absolutely hated it. I hated every minute of it. Um, I grew up with a lot of negativity uh, from the people around me. Uh, I grew up with, uh, I was the youngest of four kids, uh, all within five years of each other. So when I usually say that, I will be talking to a girl and I'll be like, yeah, you know, I'm the youngest of four within five years of each other. And they usually just say, ouch, um, <laughs> they, or like your poor mother. And I'm like, you know what? Like they did it to themselves, you know, but, uh, you know. Were I they up... boys or girls? What were your siblings? Oh, I have two older brothers and an older sister. Uh, oh, so God. I have my my oldest brother is five years older than me. My sister is three years older than me. And then my next brother is 15 months older than me. So, wow. uh, <laughs> yeah, not not a very short turnaround on the last two kids. Yeah, ouch. <laughs> yeah, serious ouch. But, uh, you know, it was awesome growing up with them. Uh, now they're like my best friends. Um, my brother, John, is actually like my best friend in life. He's the one who's 15 months older than me. Uh, spend almost every weekend with him and I actually lived with him for a while up in uh, LA but uh, yeah we'll get to that later on but (laughs) you know um, growing up was very interesting Um, I grew up uh, I I resembled a bowling ball with limbs (laughs) oh my Uh, gosh (laughs) I was I'm not even kidding I'm not it was not a fun time growing up especially because if you didn't have a six-pack where I grew up you were fat 
So it was like when you grow up being like the shape of most sports balls, um, it doesn't really help out that much. Um, And I've always been kind of like a fighter and I've always like defended myself. And because I was larger than a lot of these kids who were making fun of me, uh, the school decided that I was the bully. They decided that I was the problem and I got in trouble a lot for like sticking up for myself because it was like, oh, well, you're the larger kid. You're obviously you know, the one at fault, you know, like all those like 80s and 90s movies that we watched where it's like, you know, the bigger kid is obviously harping on the littler kid. Oh, um, yeah. And did you have a lot of friends in high school and middle school or were you kind of like a loner? Or what were you I, like? had, I was I was one of those kids who kind of drifted. I had okay. friends uh, in different areas. And one of the things that I learned is that a lot of the friends that I had were very fake. It was that I learned especially in middle school, early high school, a lot of my friends were just kind of in it to see what they could get me to do. They knew that I was, I was a people pleaser. I wanted, I wanted people to like me so badly because I didn't like myself. So I was looking for outside validation to be like, you know, oh, Ben's like this cool person. He's this good person. And so I had a lot of kids that like wanted to see like what they could get me to do. And after like my freshman year, I looked at a lot of these kids in my high school and I just went, you know what? Screw you. Like, I'm going to go and hang out with people who just want to be like friends with me because they know me and like they, they know who I am and they accept me for who I am. And I lost a lot of like, quote unquote, like social standing doing so, but it made my high school experience a lot more tolerable. Um, And I still hang out with those people to this day. Like I'm 26 years old and I still hang out with the same group of guys. Like I live with my best friend that I made when I was in the second grade. Oh my God, that's insane. (laughs) Yeah, that he has been my best friend since we were in the second grade. His name's Christian. He is the absolute best human being I've ever met in my entire life. Um, And he and I have been best friends from like, we only went to elementary school together. And then we went to separate middle schools, separate high schools. We both went to separate states for college, uh, but we always found a way to get back to each other. And now we live together in La Jolla. So it's like, it's a, it's a pretty crazy, you know, turn of events that got us here. That is absolutely crazy. Wait, so you were at the same high school all four years, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I know you've talked about having this dream, right? You always had this dream of going to New York. So tell yeah. me about this. Was that kind of like an escape thing that it was just like this fantasy life or just sort of like a mental escape? But what do you it's- think? It's always been like a dream to go to New York. I've been to New York a couple of times in my life. And the first time that I went, I went with my mom and we stepped off the plane at JFK and I just sat there and I went, this is where I'm meant to be. Like, this is like, I felt like I had finally like come home. And I think it's because I grew up in such a small town where like everybody knew everybody and Mm. everybody kind of had already made their, you know, decisions about me by the time that I was you know, like 10 or 11 years old. And I wanted to get out of that. I wasn't, you know, I I wasn't what people thought I was. And And what did they what did they tell you that you were? What was kind of that story that you were told about yourself? My story when I was that I was like told about myself was that I was uh, obviously fat, I was ugly, I was stupid. And I wouldn't do anything with life outside of like, you know, the basics, like I would never make it out. And so I had this, these dreams of, you know, wanting to make it in the music industry or now like wanting to make it in like writing and wanting to be, you know, on Broadway and wanting to do all these things. And fitness has helped me a lot with 
myself and where I want to be. And it's become like a secondary like passion of mine where it's like that this is where I found a lot of growth in myself. And so wanting to go to New York was a lot of it being like, I want to go to this place where there are so many people that I can kind of like fade into the background a little bit and just blow up out of nowhere that it's like, I can put down my head. I can grind without, you know, any, you know, side action issues yeah, And without the speculation of like family or, you know, relatives, friends, like whatever it be. And I can just become myself and I can really focus on that. And I've been able to figure out how to do a lot of that without going to New York. But New York is still the place that I want to be more than anything. That's amazing. Yeah, I know you talked about being a fighter. And I think that especially because you were told so many stories about yourself, about who you were, about all these names that you were called the fact that you had envisioned this just shows how much of a fighter you really are because you told yourself a completely different story about what you're capable of doing. And I mean, sure, all of you guys out there know that mindset makes a huge difference Mm -hmm. in your own perception of yourself and how you show up in the world. But it really is true. And a lot of your story shows that as you were able to get out of that, you were able to make this life for yourself. And we all still have goals that we're working on and things we want to achieve. But you got out of Poway, you know, (laughs) you you took that big first step, which is amazing. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing that I tell anybody that I'm working with, uh, that I just encounter or like people that I've met through um, you know, my own story or people that I grew up with that reach out to me is that it's like, you are capable of so many things. You just need to realize it. And you need to tell yourself that you're capable of all of these things that people have made themselves, you know, the, you know, the idea of like the American dream, like starting from nothing and building into something that it's anybody can do it with the right mindset and realizing that the only thing that's going to stop you is yourself because there's always going to be that outside source that tells you no, there's always going to be the naysayers. There's always going to be those things that stop you. The biggest thing that I was taught as a kid was that my mom used to always tell me that there will always be somebody who is bigger, faster, and stronger than you. The goal is to figure out how to maneuver around those things. It's Mm. figuring out how is it that this person may be bigger than me. So I need to be faster or I, this person may be smarter than I am. I have to be more clever. I have to I have to play to my strengths and the things that make me uniquely me instead of trying to be someone else. You know, so many people send you, you know, you know this more than, you know, <laughs> most people with being, you know, the coach that you are, that people will send you like, this is my fitspiration. You know, I can't tell you how many times that I've worked with somebody <laughs> and they've sent me like a picture of like, I want to look like Chris Hemsworth or I want to look like Mark Wahlberg. And it's like, okay, that's great. That's like three years down the line. We've got time to get you there. But like, understand that you don't want to be this person. You want to be the best version of yourself. And we, and like, this may be something you have in your mind, you know, like the Arnold idea of I put the posters up all over my house of like, this reminds me of like where I'm going. But like, you're never going to look exactly like that. You're going to look like you, but you're just trying to get yourself into the mold that is the best version physically of you whether that be you know chiseled six-pack abs or you know I'm going to the gym three times a week working on my you know muscular endurance so 
Absolutely. And you're absolutely right. I get that all the time. Sending pictures <laughs> of girls. I want her booty or guys sending pictures. I want his abs. And that's probably the most detrimental mindset you can have. And it's also probably one of the only really toxic things, in my opinion, about social media is the comparison yeah. and just kind of perception aspect when you see someone else's body or someone else's life and just start comparing every part of your life or your body to that person. And I think that you've had all of these realizations now where you're at in your life, but let's bring it back to after high school or even in high school when you did have that dream of becoming a, a football player, high school football player. And like, <laughs> was that some sort of comparison that you had over these um, maybe football players who had this body or this life or that girl? Uh, what kind of made you have that dream? Oh, God, I really wanted to be a high school football player when I was growing up, just because I thought that that would finally be my moment. It would be my time uh, to like shine. I thought that, you know, like, oh, I'm going to get into football and I'm going to magically grow into what I want to be, which when I was growing up, uh, I always envisioned myself at like age seven being like six foot three, 225 pounds, like that specific. It was like, I'm going to be <laughs> six, three, 225 because when I was growing up, my favorite baseball player, as problematic as this was and is now, because it's like he's not anymore, but was Alex Rodriguez. And he was mm. six foot three, 225 pounds. Don't be wrong. <laughs> and that rage. was goals. <laughs> that was goals. Was, I'm sorry. Alex Rodriguez is a handsome man. And I wanted to look like that. I'm obviously <laughs> never going to look like that, but that was the goal. And I yep. thought being, and I thought, you know, I was terrible at baseball. So who knows? Like, you know, I've always been better at contact sports. Maybe, you know, I'll hit a growth spurt when I'm in high school. And, you know, I came into like my freshman year of high school at like five, four, like 200. And so it was like not even close. Uh, <laughs> but it was, you know, I wanted so badly to be accepted because yeah. I thought that if I looked like the golden boys of my high school, if I was, you know, 16, ripped and you know sharp jawline that girls would like me and if girls liked me then I could like me yeah. you know it was I was so focused on other people accepting me and liking me that I forgot that the most important person to like me was me and yeah. it took me until after graduation and looking at a picture of myself to be like why am I why am I doing this to myself yeah. Like I, it was like, I was, you know, I've always had a very toxic relationship with food. I've always, you know, searched in my feelings through food and don't get me wrong. I love food, but you know, like I, and I've developed a very healthy relationship with it since, but it was like, I used to just eat a ton to get kind of like that dopamine going. And then yeah. I looked at myself at like age 19 and I was like, I really don't like what I see. And that's where, you know, going into, you know, like the crash diets and the fad diets and the, you know, wanting to look like insert celebrity started to happen for me. And that carried over for the next like five years of my life of just yo-yoing through these weight changes, which are not good for your body at all. And until I realized that it's, I wanted to be happy and what made me happy was treating my body with respect and taking care of it. And this is the way that, you know, I figured out how to do it. Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's so many good points in there. And we will get to like, yo-yo oh, yeah. dieting, the fad diets. But I think, just like you said, it all comes down to that perception you have of those football players. Like if you mm -hmm. had that body, if you had that life, 
people would like you. And everything we do pretty much when we're that age, like 15, 16, 17, 18, is to be accepted. Because all anyone ever wants is to be loved. And at that age, I think for so many people, that's what it comes down to is feeling like if people don't perceive you the right way, or if people don't like you, then you're not loved. And that's what we focus so much on at that age. And I think in this world we live in and with social media, there's still so many people that feel like that. And a lot of people grow out of it. I was definitely the same way in high school. I wanted to be liked by everyone. I wanted everyone to think I was pretty. And if they didn't, it was the biggest issue in the world for me. <laughs> and I think as um, as I got on social media and as I started to grow this following randomly out of nowhere, um, <laughs> the comparison was pretty bad at the beginning. And then after a while, it started to be like, who the fuck cares if someone <laughs> likes me or not? Like you get to a point in your life where you do have to kind of have that recognition with yourself where the most important relationship is the relationship you have with yourself. Exactly. Every single day you have to wake up, you have to look at yourself in the mirror, you have to go about your day, you have to show the fuck up. And if you don't love yourself, you're not going to do those things in the same way you would as if you did love yourself. So I think that's absolutely amazing. And I mean, Obviously, you've had your own fitness journey, this weight loss journey, all of these trials with fitness. So what was kind of your motivation to get started on your own fitness journey? Um, my biggest motivation, like I said, was uh, that that picture that I saw where it was, you know, I'm I obviously didn't get to being 6'3", 225. Uh, <laughs> I got to being after high school and after graduating because I played rugby through high school. So, you know, I was able to kind of like mediate a weight and kind of stay in a kind of a spot where I was about, you know, I graduated at 510, but I was kind of pedaling between anywhere between like 240 and 250. And it was like a lot of mass and there was a lot of muscle to it. It just wasn't, you know, it wasn't like very lean muscle. It was, there was still a lot of fat in the system. And after I stopped, you know, running six to eight miles in a match, it turned into, you know, I increased weight and I went up to, you know, like upwards of 260 and to the point of where like, I just couldn't even look at the scale anymore. And when I saw this picture, it started like this, this like hatred of myself. And so I started this crash diet that a mentor of mine had given to me. And it consisted of, this is going to make your blood boil. Uh, it consisted <laughs> How old of, were you with this? Oh, I was 19. I was 19 oh, okay. years old. Yeah. I was a freshman in college and I really, really wanted girls to like me. And I really, really wanted to just like <laughs> move forward in my life and just like transform. Like I've carried this chip on my shoulder, like most of my life uh, from, you know, the trials and tribulations that I've gone through. But it was, you know, it was almost entirely focused on I had started acting and I wanted to be a leading man. I wanted ah. to be I wanted to be the romantic lead, because in my mind, if I could be a romantic lead on stage, I could be a romantic lead in somebody's life. Gotcha. I could be that somebody somebody would see me like that uh and that I would be able to you know play that part both on stage and off stage and so the diet consisted of in the morning I would have uh one scoop of protein powder in a like drink like just in like a water or like an almond milk and I'd have that in the morning uh then I would go home and I would have 3 to 6 ounces of unseasoned chicken on oh, a, oh, on a bed of lettuce with a like olive oil, like vinaigrette kind of a mix, like balsamic oil and vinegar. 
then I would go to the gym, which started out with 45 minutes on the Stairmaster before I went and did a full body workout. Then I would come home and my protein at the end of the day was now six to nine ounces of that same chicken with a cup of steamed broccoli. And then I would go to bed. Wow. I'm, I was cringing the whole time. Obviously you can't see it, but I was cringing <laughs> on the inside. Oh my God. That's not, that sounds horrible. And, and that, yeah, and that was 90 uh, days. That was 90 wow, straight wow. days of this. And I went, don't get me wrong. I went from like 260 down to 205, but I was probably right. the most unhealthy I've ever been. Like, I remember I was doing a show. I was doing like a, uh, like a music video, like dance thing for like a promo for our show. And people were freaking out because the only snack I was allowed to have was a handful of almonds. And I was like sitting there uh, in like this full outfit, like this full costume, sweating in like full white makeup, just like dying. And people are like running me water bottles. And like my mentor's girlfriend at the time went and was bringing me like almonds because she was in the show with me. So she was like, here's almonds. Like, eat eat this. And it's like, I'm like about to pass out because we're there for like three hours doing this dance over and over and over again. And I'm in all this clothing. And it's like, I just like sweat everything out of my system. And again, I'm 19. I'm thinking this is a really smart thing to do because I mean, look at the results, look at the scale, look at, you know, how skinny I've gotten. But, you know, now having the knowledge that I do, I want to go back in time and just like straight up slap myself across the face and be like, just call somebody, ask for help, like talk to a trainer. So did you know that what you were doing wasn't necessarily healthy at the time? No, I didn't know any better. You know, I grew up, I grew up in a house where, you know, my, my mom has always made the best food. She makes these amazing casseroles, like you know, she makes like these uh, oh, like, uh, like good food, <laughs> like good food. My mom, it's like during the like the fall and winter, my mom shines with like casseroles and pork chops and chicken. And I'm just like, oh, this is so good. And then when it hits summertime, you know, growing up in San Diego, we had a pool in my backyard. And every day during the summer, like we would come home from the beach and my dad would go into uh, our backyard while we were all in the pool and he would fire up the grill and he'd make burgers and hot dogs. And we'd have, you know, like potato salad and coleslaw. And it was like, and I ate everything that you put in front of me. Mm -hmm. Like I was just Mm -hmm. a vacuum. And it was, it was, and so like being there and being like, oh, like I understand that like my body has, you know, all of this already in its system that it needs to burn away. So therefore I need to eat less. So then it attacks what's on my body. Uh, Okay. Yeah. It was, (laughs) it was like, okay, cool. So, you know, doing the math on all of those things, I was probably eating close to like 800 to a thousand calories a day and was, you know, working out for a minimum of 45 minutes if I just did the Stairmaster. But then I also did like a full body workout afterwards where it was like, I was in the gym for like two hours. So it's like, I was burning away everything. And as soon as, you know, the diet ended, what did I do? I went right back to eating what I used to eat and I put it all back on. And the hardest thing about that is then your body starts to camel and it starts to hold on to everything. Sur- like survival mode because it's like I don't know when I'm gonna get this again I yeah don't know. absolutely I mean those different crash di- that's why they call it crash diets because you're crashing and failing 
yeah. <laughs> you end up gaining that weight back. And usually, I mean, just for you guys out there listening, usually people who do those yo-yo diets, crash diet, they end up gaining more weight back. Because yep. <laughs> again, you're not actually getting really any education when it comes to portion sizing, macronutrients. It's I'm on this diet. I have to eat this for whatever it is, 90 days, 30 days, uh, 120 days, whatever that time period is. And then after that, they're like, hallelujah, I don't have to eat the same damn five meals every single day and end up gaining even more weight back. So obviously that cycle went on for quite some time. Um, but I know you talked about, we're going to, we're going to get into the juicy details. I know you talked about, um, you met your first girlfriend, right? After the dieting craziness of your life. Yes, I did. Um, I met my, my very first, you know, serious girlfriend. And I was over the moon about this person. And one of the things that we were able to do when it came to dating, because we were young and there was not a lot that like we could go out and do, was that, you know, I would go and I would pick her up and then we would drive and we would go and get food. And Mm -hmm. so it's like when you're going out and you're just eating all the time, you know, things start to change. And we dated for... I want to say about eight months. And in that eight month period, after I had lost all this weight, I like gained it all back again. And I like freaked out and I was looking at myself in the mirror and I was like, no, like I want to lose weight again. And so I started uh, like a new kind of diet style where it was just, you know, tracking like calories, but I was always trying to be like sufficiently at a calorie deficit. Like I was, you know, calorie deficit, (laughs) big calorie deficit in a lot of ways. Like I've, I've kind of, cause I've never been like diagnosed with anything, uh, because you know, like I, so I'm not going to say that I had anything like this, but there were a lot of times where like looking back on, I was like, I had some like eating disorder tendencies where it was like, I had, I, and it comes from, you know, my motivation was self-hatred. It wasn't self-love. So it was that I was, I was hating myself into loving myself, which is the worst combination in the world. And so after I lost all this weight and as I was losing this weight and I'm in school, we were having like this long distance relationship. She started to get really jealous of like the people that were around me. She didn't want me to spend a lot of time with people without her. And so it was like my only places that I could go were like home in the gym. And even the gym was like sketchy because then it's like, okay, but what about the girls at the gym? What yeah. about, you know, what about this? And if she could see now like where I am, that it's like, you know, choose fitness in Rancho Bernardo is nothing compared to, you know, being <laughs> at the gym in Pacific the gym. Beach. <laughs> the the gym. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, That's I what love I it think so of much. every time I say that. <laughs> the gym. I love but, it. <laughs> I love I love the gym you know it's an it's an amazing place it's it's honestly become like my it's my it's my sanctuary it's my safe place it's my happy place you know I can go there and the reason why is because any person and I tell anybody when they're like really insecure about going to the gym and they see like people that are in like really good shape because you know you and I go to the same gym you see people that are there that are either training for their pro card or they have their pro card or, you know, they're just getting into really good shape, or they're a fitness model, or they're doing whatever. If you ask anybody there, A, for advice, for a spot, for literally anything, they'll be happy to do it, and they'll do it with a smile. Yeah, everyone is so welcoming at that gym. 
honestly. Yeah, it's, they're it's intimidating from a distance, but like they are so nice. They are so friendly. And I don't know how <laughs> this turned into like a, you know, advertisement for the gym and PB, but I, <laughs> I definitely feel like we should get some sort of royalties out of this conversation from this. Yes, but, <laughs> but it's also true. And I, I heard someone say this the other day, but you can either use that. So seeing people who are maybe where you want to be or ahead of where you are right now, or you find yourself comparing yourself to them, you can either use that to fuel your fire and inspire you. Because again, that's just another person. That's just another mm-hmm. normal human being. So that can inspire you to continue to work on yourself, or you can end up having that negative mindset and comparing yourself. So it kind of is a choice mindset wise in those situations. Exactly. Cause like, you look at people and, you know, my whole thing was with the gym was that you look at people and the initial intimidation is that you see somebody and you think, wow, that is that is scary to look at because, like, I, I wish I could be there. But you have to remember how hard that person must have worked to get to where they are. Like, I see people in the gym that I look at and, like, I'm like, wow, you are absolutely cut to hell or like you are you are oh my god like how could I ever even compare to that and then you realize okay that person's also been in the gym you know on like a six day five day split for like four years oh yeah or longer or longer they have put in the work to get there Yeah, and you always hear people saying like oh I hate when I hear this Uh, like they just use steroids and I'm like, you realize no matter no matter if they use steroids or not, yes, that could performance enhancing drugs could help with certain things, but they're still <laughs> working their ass off. Exactly. And same thing it- with genetics. Like genetics can potentially help where you build muscle faster or mm-hmm. your body's shape, but they're working their butts off every single day. So it's exactly. honestly tough love wise saying that shit is kind of an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. And I think that that's the biggest thing that happens to people in fitness and in everything is that I, I call out all of my friends in fitness when it comes to like, oh, like, I can't lose the weight or oh, I can't do this or, you know, those people, you know, blah, 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 whatever it may be. I carry my story as a way of looking at somebody being like, I am the most sympathetic and least sympathetic person when it comes to losing weight. I understand how hard it is. Then that's where my sympathy comes from. But I also am one of those people where it's like, I am the least sympathetic because I know it can be done. And you like, you can do it. Like you can do it a plethora of ways. And the thing that I've wanted to carry as a trainer, as a coach with anybody is that it's like, I've been through the crash diets. I've done the paleo. I've done the keto. I've done, you know, the, obviously (laughs) the, the, you know, uncooked chicken, like the, not the uncooked, unseasoned. (laughs) If it was uncooked, I, I, I would have been dead. I, I hope it was cooked. <laughs> yeah, but it was like the plain chicken, chicken. eight hundred calorie diet. <laughs> exactly. I've I've done them, and I will tell you right now that the diet that I'm on right now, what I've been doing, is way better. And what I've been doing is allowing my body to eat to have the fuel to do my day. Because not only am I working out in the gym, but like all of the jobs that I work require me to be physically active right well people I think one of the biggest problems with those crash diet fad diet 800 1200 calorie (laughs) recommendation diets is 
people aren't even thinking about their brain, their energy. They're not thinking about their bones, their joints, their overall health. They're thinking, how can I lose 10 pounds in one month? You know, how can I get a six pack in 30 days? And it's like, oh, God, stop reading Cosmo, man. (laughs) And stop going on fitness TikTok because it's horrible. And it's horrible. It's so bad. And I, I mean, I read your story. So I know your reasons for ending up becoming a trainer and getting into this lifestyle. And they're really similar to mine. Again, like being able to help other people get past all the bullshit and uh, excuses and whatever else in the fitness industry, that's all plastered over social media and all of the lies and misinformation and diet teas and helping them get to their goals so much quicker than we did because we Mm -hmm. made all of those mistakes. And Truly, I think the best coaches are the ones who fucked up the most at the beginning because we've done everything wrong. So we know how to help you do it right. And the best thing about it and the thing that I have carried over is that because like, you know, we fucked it up. I fucked it up is that I also know the warning signs, you know, it's like it's the relapse warning signs of like, you know, my my very first client that I ever had was a friend of mine that he was living on the East Coast. We were doing a virtual thing. And I was working with him on his workouts and I wrote him the plan. It's like the idea of like, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. It's like, I wrote the plan. I wrote it out for him. He was like, I want to train like you, which I took way too literally at first. Like I, I admit that because uh, <laughs> I go really hard. Um, but I, my whole thing was that I was like, I was checking in on him and for about a week he was doing really good. And then we had, a, we had like our bi-weekly check-in and he's like, yeah, you know, I've been having a hard time getting into the gym. And I was like, look, like the best workout for you is the workout you're going to do. So whatever you can do in the amount of time that you have during this day, do it because you'll realize that you can do a little bit more. You could do a little bit more, like you can get into it. And yeah. then it was like, then it spaced out and then it just went away. And I didn't hear from him for like three months. And yeah. I was like, yep, because again, like, <laughs> It, it requires a lot of work and you and you can notice the signs, you know, when it's like, you know, oh, I mean, I've got this later, so I can't go to the gym. Like I knew, you know, I finished my work day today at three o'clock and I was like, OK, I'm going to get home and I'll be at the gym at four. Like, I know that I have this podcast that I need to do and I need time, you know, to get, you know, all the sand out of my hair as well as, you know, wash out like all of like the sweat of the day, but I need to go to the gym first. So it's like, I went in, I put in my leg day. Everybody hates and loves a leg day, but you know what? I went in and I, I went in and I put it in because I was like, you know what? I've worked way too hard to, you know, not do this. And I have the time and I'm sitting there being like, I really don't want to go, but you know what? I had my, you know, I had some food before I went, I had my energy I went to the gym and I got in my workout and I came home because I was like, I didn't do, you know, the extents of what, you know, I could do in a two hour long workout with rest periods and things like that. But I prioritized, I was like, yeah. okay, I don't have the rest time that I would normally have. What are the things that I should do today? Yeah. What are the and things I that I can do? Um, that's a really good thing to talk about too from a coaching perspective again we kind of kind of got off topic but we'll just roll oh yeah it. i'm sorry uh, i no, ramble you're a lot so good. <laughs> but something is always better than nothing and this is something i talk to my clients about all the time because i have people saying should i just move my cardio day or should i just skip this workout because i only have 30 minutes i'm like no do what you can if you only have 30 minutes get through 30 minutes of the workout if you can't do the full cardio session do half today half tomorrow you know as long as you're putting in some effort in 
instead of giving up every time it gets hard or you don't have the time, because again, no one has the time. You make the time. You prioritize the time. Again, you go into the gym for 45 to 75 minutes today instead of the normal 90 minutes or whatever it is. You made the time. You showed up. You put in that 45, 60, 75 minutes of work because it's a priority, because it's what you could do. So you did it, you know? And for me, I make sure every single day, my, my one every day, even if it's a rest day, I hit my 10,000 steps. That mm-hmm. is my must do. So even if it's 9 p.m. at night, I'm just finishing up all my emails and everything. I'm going to go outside and I'm going to hit the rest of my steps. And yeah. You make it happen if it's important enough to you. And I think that's a really good theme here because no matter what obstacle you've been through, no matter what bullshit you've had to deal with, you've shown up, right? Like you said at the beginning, you're a fighter, whether it's with your siblings, whether it's fighting back against people at school who called you names, whether it's just showing them that you could change, you're a fighter. And that's what we do. We show up. We put in effort, Mm -hmm. even if it's not 110% give it 80%, you know? (laughs) Exactly. And I I couldn't agree more. Honestly, I couldn't agree more to what you just said. (laughs) (laughs) No, amazing. And that that makes me really happy because I think that we need more coaches out there who do not bullshit their clients. Again, when I get on a consultation call with someone who I'm thinking about having on as a client, I tell them I take a science-based approach to fitness. I'm not going to have you lose 10 pounds in a month because that's unsustainable and unrealistic. And I that expectation up front. And I think more people need to do that. Um, Because just like you said, your reasoning to become a trainer was to motivate and inspire people through knowledge and education, which is huge. And we need more trainers out there who can actually do that. Exactly. And, you know, like, that's what that's what I've talked to, you know, my clients that I've had in the past is that, you know, you look at my Instagram, and you're going to see in the bio that it's, you know, changing, you know, changing the perception of weight one pound at a time. And the whole (laughs) idea is that, you know, the whole idea is, you know, you control the weight, don't let it control you, whether it be the weight that's on the scale or the weight that's on the bar. You know, it's all about being in control of the things that you have. And I've worked so much with people in my life that are, you know, perfectionists, or that they are like, you know, borderline like control freaks. I won't tell anybody that <laughs> I know if they're actually a control. Honestly, freak or not. I used to be so type A and a borderline control freak. And then I realized that was getting me nowhere. And now I take so much messy action. I call it messy action because I do it. And then I fix it after I fix the whatever I messed up later on. Exactly. You know, you take the Jake Peralta uh, idea at the beginning and then you come in and you Amy Santiago it at the end um, absolutely absolutely. <laughs> but um, the biggest thing that I tell people that are you know control freaks in my life I was talking to a friend of mine who was like I want to get into the gym but you know like I don't know how to do it blah 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 and they're like my life is so crazy right now and I looked at them and I was like go to the gym it yeah. is the best de-stress because you're talking about how right now in your life, you don't have a lot of things that you control, especially in the world climate that we're in right now. There are a lot of things that are out of your control. You know what's in your control? That you decided to show up today. What's in your control is the amount of weight that you choose to move, the progressive overload that you're focusing on as, you know, the weeks go on. It's, you know, I've set this intention. I've set this goal. You can control, you know, the things in your life and you and realize that there will always be things that you can control and there will always be things that you can't 
one of the things that you can control is what you do in the gym and how you present yourself every day. Absolutely. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And that's something I, I say in every single client check-in. My clients <laughs> are probably like, this girl repeats herself so much. But I always say, there's always bullshit you can't control. So what can you control? You can control how much water you drink. You can control if you get outside and walk. You can control if you go to the gym. You have to focus on those small things that you do have control over. Otherwise, you're going to drive yourself fucking insane over everything that you can't control. And I mean, obviously, quarantine, COVID, craziness, uh, 2020 was just an insane year 2019 I can't even keep track anymore um the past two years were absolutely insane but it for you it sounds like it was a really life-changing time I mean from everything we've heard and I know you got so backing up you got out of this relationship I'm assuming and from just the little bit that we heard it sounds like it was a pretty toxic controlling relationship and I I mean, I talk to men and women every single day. I With coaching, we talk about fitness the majority of the time, but I also talk about life. And most people have been in some sort of toxic relationship. So tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about how that felt. Obviously, it was your first real relationship. And usually the first relationship breakups, usually the hardest at yeah. the time. So tell us about, about all of that and how you got to back to San Diego and where you're at now. So um, that relationship ended... And I was, you know, in full swing, I had started doing uh, just as a, you know, fun thing at my community college that I was attending, you know, pursuing acting and theater. Uh, I decided to sign up for a weight training class because I've been lifting for, you know, what I called lifting for most of my life. And then I went in and this, you know, teacher is teaching me about like, oh, like, if this is what you're trying to do, like, realize that like, there's a set to rep ratio. Like you should like, there are ways that you can do this. And it's like math. And I was looking at it being like, that makes way more sense now. Like, now I understand why I'm doing the things that I'm doing. I wasn't getting the full scale because it was kind of like here on the board. These are the amount of reps you should be doing if you're trying to get toned. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, sure. And, you know, like I was getting big. I was getting strong, you know, like I was. And then the big thing for me was like, I was at this time, I was like 21. And so I was, you know, lifting heavy being like, you know, I'm hot shit because, you know, I'm sitting here on like, you know, a decline, you know, press <laughs> machine pushing like 400 pounds. Thinking, we love like, the 21 year old ego lifts. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I was, I was a toxic, stupid kid. Like I wanted so badly. I, I became a lifeguard that summer and like I cut my hair because uh, the same summer that I became a lifeguard was when Baywatch came out and I wanted so badly to look like Zac Efron. And so I cut my hair just like his, like I shaved the back and sides, grew out the top and I had like the ringlets that he did. And it was like, I thought that I looked just like him, only like 30 <laughs> pounds heavier. And it was like, and I, I was, I was in the fantasy of it all. You know, I was growing into it. Um, but, you know, I, I changed like my mentality into the gym. I kept eating the way that I wanted to be eating. And I realized that I was giving myself the correct amount of fuel, but that, you know, I started to really prioritize myself. I started to really think about who do I want to be? Like, who are the people that I want to surround myself with, which led me into my next relationship. And yeah, that I ended up finding someone who understands me and like pushes me and wants me to be the best version of myself. And, you know, actually through our, you know, our own ups and downs through the years, like they've joined me in fitness and they come to me about stuff 
and they've had their own problems when it has come to fitness. But mm -hmm. I am so proud of her for everything that she's been doing and the change in mindset that she has about fitness and about herself. And because she started off, you know, very, very skinny and she developed and she's like, ah, I've always been like a twig. And I'm like, but that's <laughs> not a that's not a problem. And now she's just absolutely insane. Like she is so strong. She is so beautiful. Like I am I am absolutely in awe of this woman every day that I see her. But um, she's awesome. That's amazing. But... Gonna make me cry. I love that. <laughs> um that's fantastic so do you help her with her fitness routine do you guys like work out together yeah we uh we used to do it where uh because my my style is a little different than what <laughs> she was really going for and yeah. so what we do is that you know I would sit down and I would write out her workouts and we would you know go to the gym and she would go upstairs and I would stay downstairs it was like we had our own separate, you know, floors of like what we were doing. She would work out outside. I'd work out downstairs. And it was like we got in, we got in our workouts. Um, yep. And to this day, it's like, you know, she's, she's away. She lives, uh, she's actually Canadian. She lives in Canada. And, oh, no. yeah. <laughs> and so she's, she's back up there. And, you know, I'm still writing her workouts and I'm still working with her on stuff. Even with the gyms being closed up there, it's like, yeah. okay, what, like, what do you have at home? So then like, she's like, but I love lifting heavy now. And I was like, that's awesome. But you don't have heavy weights. So how are we going to work this? And so, you know, we still, you know, it's, it's a partnership. It is, yeah. you know, a full drive. And I am so, so lucky that, you know, I have that versus it being, you know, I got into fitness and it was like, why are you doing this? Who are you trying <laughs> to impress? Like, you know, why, why is it this way? And it's like, but I'm, I'm doing this for me. I'm not doing this for anybody. You know, I want it to be this way. And she's also kept me really in check whenever I've started to teeter totter into toxicity in my mindset Yeah, and being like, no, like, remember why you're doing. It. Yeah. And I think where you're at. Yep, absolutely. And I think what you said about partnership is really important. I actually, one of the questions I always ask on that consultation call for coaching as well is, do you have a partner? Do you live with someone? Are you married? And do mm -hmm. they support you? Because yeah. it's sad and very surprising. Generally women um, that yeah. I've worked with who do not have a partner who support them, either who do not support them in changing their eating habits or make fun of them or yeah. just are not supportive and aren't pushing them to be better. And I think the most important thing in life is to have people around you who well, yes, support you, but also push you to grow and push you to be better yeah. and push you to be the best version of yourself. And in a relationship, like I, I really don't think there's a point to being in a relationship if you're not going to be with someone who doesn't call you out on your bullshit and push you to yeah. be the best version of yourself. Because if you're choosing to be with this person and have them in your life and as a partner, they need to see you even as uh, like bigger and better than you see yourself, you know, and push you to that level. So that's amazing that you found someone <laughs> who does that for you. And that makes me really happy to hear because um, I definitely know how hard it is when you're on my first relationship ever, ever actually, well, first real relationship, I would say mm -hmm. was, um, it wasn't necessarily like that or controlling in that aspect, but I found myself um, I was actually, we met when I was 15 to 20 to, to 20 or tw almost 20. Yeah. 20, 15 to 20. Um, and we lived together for three years and I found myself on this path with, I became a personal trainer right at 18, 
but I was mm-hmm. into fitness since I was like 14 or 15. So I was doing it for a long time. And that's how we connected really. Like he was really big into fitness. He was a collegiate wrestler. And then, Oh, wow. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. So he went, but he was, uh, I mean, just long story short, he was five years older than I was. So, um, he was on this path and then he ended up having to get a lot of surgeries. So he had five surgeries, obviously could not work out to the same ability that was taken away from him. And his mindset was horrible about it. He was really just kind of succumbed to that. Like, I can't work out. I'm never going to look the same. I'm never going to be the same. And we didn't break up because he wasn't an athlete. We didn't break up because he didn't work out. We broke up because he was constantly negative and harping on what he couldn't control. Right. Yeah. And because that's the that... biggest thing, you know, like you, you want to be with people who are on the same path as you, they're on the same wavelength and they're going to keep up with you and yes. being and realizing like in that moment, it's like, yeah, you're never going to be what you used to be, but yeah. like you never, you were never going to retain that anyways. There's this thing called getting old and yes. you know, like as you get Damn, older, you know, like, still. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. I've even trying to figure out how to fix it, but it just keeps on happening. You keep but, working on that, but <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll let you know. I'll let you know my findings. No, but that you know, we get older. Like things change. Like you know, my uh, you know, like my parents talk about it all the time. Where it's like you know, my mom, my mom when she was in her twenties, I joke with her every single day that I'm just a mini version of her in so many ways. She was a lifeguard. She got into bodybuilding when she was in her twenties. That she was really into fitness, and like she even had it where it was like um she was in a jet ski accident where like two of like her vertebrae like pan- like pancaked but she was so strong in her core that she could still walk oh my and, god like her and so like the doctors were like I don't understand how this happened like you shouldn't be walking right now but she's still walking to this day but like my mom is in fantastic you know sh- like in fantastic shape it's just that you know even though that she was in this fantastic shape that when I was like three, she had a heart attack and it completely changed her metabolism. Yeah. That now it's like, it, it's just, she she tries and she tries and she tries. And it's like, she has reserved to the fact that she's like, look, I'm never going to look like I did when I was 26. But you know what? I can look the best that I can with the situation that I'm in yeah. at, you know, 60. And yep. it's like, you know what? That's the best outlook on it is realizing, you know what? That things may have changed. You could blow out your knee. Like I could be in the gym tomorrow, knock on wood, and I could like snap my knee and it could change everything about my workout schedule. You know, I, I got stung by a stingray, you know, a couple months ago and it got infected. And I was told by the doctor when I went in that like, if I waited 24 more hours, they would have had to cut off my foot. And so it was oh like, my I God. like, and I'm sitting there being like in the best shape of my life being like, I almost lost an appendage because of this and it's like I went on like four different types of antibiotics like I kicked its ass and I'm back and and like you will you will see me in the gym you'll see me in the gym on the hack squad just going (laughs) off but it's like you you kicked that stingray's ass exactly now I go to work with a knife looking for him you know trying to repay the favor but you know it's just but it's just one of those things where it's like never going to be who you were in like 20 years yeah, you're gonna grow, you're gonna change, your metabolism will change, your body's gonna change. The best thing that you can realize is why are you doing it? You're doing it to be healthy. You're doing it to better yourself. You're doing it to make yourself into the version that you want to be. And you're not always going to be, you know, six pack ripped amazing. But you know what, you can still be healthy. And that mindset 
and being the healthiest you can be helps you radiate this confidence and this, you know, this aura that people want to be around. Yeah. That's what you're really looking for. And energy is literally everything, everything. I um, yep. I used to be the biggest people pleaser in the entire world. <laughs> biggest people. Like I would say yes to everything be, just mm-hmm. to make other people happy. And then I realized that I was surrounding myself with people who were sucking my energy and yep. people who were making me not into the person I want to be. And just like you said, mindset is everything. Mindset is everything. Number one. Mindset you is everything. You can control your mindset. Even though mm-hmm. sometimes it feels like you can't. You can control your mindset, which is really powerful, Um, but also who you choose to surround yourself with. And I think like we talked about with finding or not finding a partner, but having a partner who supports you and pushes you and surrounding yourself with like-minded individuals who also want to grow and want to uh, conversate about the same things that you do. Like those are really important things for the quality of your life. And as your health might digress 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 whatever the word is um as you get older having those two things people who are going to support you and push you and having a positive mindset that's going to make you into the person you want to be no matter what happens you know no exactly and that's all we can really hope for you know you you want to be healthy you want to be happy and you know you want to you want to be around for a long time for the people you care about so go out and take care of yourself I love it well I mean I could obviously talk to you for hours I try to keep these under 50 minutes but I have one yeah Yeah. there's no way (laughs) no (laughs) I have one more question we didn't even get to literally half my questions but that's fine we might just have to have you on for another one eventually um but my last and final question not to be Mm -hmm. dramatic is (laughs) what piece of advice would you give to someone right now who's struggling with their mental health and self-confidence and don't feel like they're good enough. They constantly feel like they're comparing themselves because just one piece of advice, because I feel like both men and women can relate so much to your story and what you've overcome. Um, So give us a piece of advice. I've actually been super nervous about this podcast (laughs) and this question like all day. Um, (laughs) And because it's like, I'm a writer, so I want to say it perfect. I want to leave it perfectly. Okay, but well, I know it perfect. won't be. I yeah, I know it you. won't be. So I think the piece of advice that I can leave to people is that it's a fight. And the hardest thing to do is to start. And you're going to go into the gym and you're going to look around. And you're going to see people who have been there for, you know, however long they've been. The biggest thing is to never judge anybody around you. Never to compare yourself to anybody around you. Compare to yourself to the person you were yesterday. Yesterday, on your first day at the gym, yesterday, that version of you wouldn't even have stepped in. You know, the new, the new version of you that you were trying to build is here today. And it's not like in a week you're going to have six-pack abs and you're going to be super happy or in a month or in six months. It's going to take some time. And the journey is so worth it. Track it. Be, don't be – and the biggest thing for me and the biggest piece of advice that I can give anybody – is seek help, seek information, seek these things. Don't just go on Instagram and think, oh my God, you know, like Dwayne The Rock Johnson does this, so therefore I should be doing this. Or, you know, (laughs) I I, want to look like Gal Gadot, so this is what I'm going to do. It's like, no, like, reach out to people. I'm not saying go and, like, you know, this is not my, you know, like, my, like, tagline to be like, go (laughs) seek a personal trainer. But, like, 
go find somebody. Like, go talk to somebody. Yeah. You a know, mentor, like, a friend, anyone. Yeah, anybody. Like, again, like, one of the things that you learn when you're getting, you know, your personal trainer, like, license, like, when you're getting, like, certified, is that they tell you that's, like, the original personal trainers were just the gym rats. It was the people that were in the gym all the time, and there were people who walked up to them and said, hey, what do you do? How do I do this? What is this? Like, and they just gave out the information that they had. Seek the information. Don't be afraid to talk to people. One of my best friends that I've made in fitness, uh, literally, I made friends with him because he was this massive dude. He is becoming a bodybuilder in the process right now. And he asked me to spot him one day. And I corrected his form because I was in my stuff. And I was like, hey, I know you've been feeling a lot of pain in your delt. Like, lower your elbows a little bit. You're rolling too much up as you're getting tired. And that's what's going to start to cause that pain. And from that moment on, like, he has come to me for so much advice. And even uh, from those conversations, it's made him, you know, decide he's getting his personal trainer's license right now. That it's like from seeing the information and from seeing the things that you can learn. Like he wants to have all the information he can. So be willing to ask for help, be willing to listen and also develop a filter because if somebody tells you that you should be drinking a water-based protein shake and like nine ounces of chicken a day, uh, you should probably not listen to them. But, you know, ask questions. Oh my God. Ask ask questions. (laughs) So many questions because if someone doesn't know what they're talking about, they will not answer your question confidently. Exactly. They will they will very much run around it. <laughs> yeah. They'll be like, let's change the subject. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate that so much. Oh my goodness. That's one of my biggest pet peeves because I've worked with a lot of people who have worked with other coaches in the past and had bad experiences. And that's one of the things I always say, like if a coach cannot answer your question directly or just say like, hey, I don't know, I need to do some research on this. You got an issue there. <laughs> you got to be confident. You got to be confident enough, especially in our industry, to know that things are ever changing and you need to be confident enough to be like, hey, I don't know the answer to that right now. Let me do some research. Let me, you know, look at like a few different things and like verify and like really, you know, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for that um, compare what people are saying yeah. and look at the research, look at the things before I give you an answer to that. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I love it. Well, I mean, Ben, thank you so much. Truly. I think there's going to be so many amazing takeaways from this. And I think people are going to really find this one valuable, especially like mindset wise. And just your story is absolutely amazing how you got to where you are today. I have no doubt you'll make it to New York, whatever you end up doing, (laughs) acting, writing, singing, dancing, fitness, whatever it is you choose to do. I mean, you know, now that whatever you put your mind to, you can make happen. And I think that's the biggest thing. So I mean, Thank you again. Plug yourself. What's your Instagram, Facebook, whatever you use. And yeah, go for it. Yeah, guys, go ahead. uh, Take a look. My uh, handle on Instagram is Monster Fitness, M-O-N-T-S-T-E-R. Play on my last name. Uh, Go ahead and give me a follow. Uh, Check it out. Always looking to help people. And if you know from these conversations, if you want to chat, just DM me and let's talk about uh, how to help you and what we can do together. I love it. And um, his Instagram handle will also be in the podcast description and on the podcast page as well. So Ben, thank you so much for talking with me tonight. And we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.